Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Ground. Oh, it's the Vigor Ground. See, I'm, that's, that's how you know it's been a rough day. It's Vigor Life. <laughs> I'm starting it the, the, the right way with my friend, none other than um, uh, what we'll say is the, the guy that's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. We messed around on that. Uh, but Dr. Andy Galpin, uh, man, thank you for being on the show. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I was hoping that you could fly out here. We'd fly you out here and do this live, but this is the second best option. And it's been at least cool, I would say, to be able to do more podcasts that I wanted to do uh, in this time that we're kind of been locked in. Um, and, you know, you're definitely one of the people that I really wanted to get on here to talk about human performance, building muscle, nutrition, and of course, the Wu-Tang Clan. Um, <laughs> but uh, man, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot, man. It's, it's um, you know, I've been, a, of course, a big fan of yours for so long, and it's such a shame I can't get up there and haven't been able to get up there, even though that's my damn hometown. So I'm like, man, I gotta get up to this place, and I've been looking forward to it, but next time, man, we'll, we'll yeah, figure we'll, it out. We'll definitely make that happen, though. Uh, that is not off the schedule and off the books. That's that's happening regardless, and we'll just do another one live and do an in staff and and you know train and eat uh, in the Pacific Northwest, which is obviously a very 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 foodie place, which you know. Um, but for right now, this will this will definitely do. And um. There's, I mean, there's, there's so many different things that I, I want to talk to you about, but for, for me, it's like, you know, always, uh, I've been fortunate and grateful to, to know who to study and follow and, and get information from, which we'll, we'll, I definitely want to touch on that too, because we live in a wacky world of social media where it can be great, but it can also be, um, you know, detrimental to learning the right things when it comes to how to optimize performance. And here, here's, here's the thing, right? Like, I mean, if you look at Vigor Ground and, and, you know, we train about 75 to 80% of, I would say, general population that want to look better, feel better, perform better. Um, I, so many are in the phase of, hey, I want to do this for a long, long time. All right. I, I don't want to have great success in a short term, but then be beat up and have destroyed joints. And, you know, the health starts kind of declining after 40. But like this long, long term, uh, I would say improvement. I, I just call it the athlete of life. Right. I mean, to be able to perform uh, whatever that may be for, for most people, whether it's hiking or playing pickup soccer and, you know, picking the kids up, um, you know, looking good enough to take the shirt off on the beach and so on and so forth. Um, but because there's so much information out there that is, it's, it's just confusing because the people that we, you know, that, that come into our gym and say like, hey, we need help. Like majority of them say, we're confused. I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard, heard that. And, you know, I really wanted to talk about the principles of, the things that you can, you know, sit here and say, listen, this is what we know, right? This is what we know that for sure helps with improving strength and building muscle. And this is, this is what we know when it comes to nutrition that helps people uh, be healthy, but also obviously stay lean and or build muscle. Like, what, you know, because then we can dive from there into the different principles. I, what I definitely want to also do is, you know, um, shine a light on the bullshit, you know, mm -hmm. and, and kind of narrow down these principles that people can, take a lens and look through them and go like, okay, these are the things that I got to pay attention to. Um, there's a lot that we don't know, obviously, um, that that's what you do. You, you study the crap out of what works and what doesn't work and still figuring out what's, what's a better way. Um, but, but that's the first thing that I wanted to kind of zone in on is uh, the principles that you can speak to that are, are a for sure, 
or, or should yeah. I say as close to foreshore as possible? Yeah, for sure. So we can, we can come into these, you know, I give you, you know, tips on each strength training and nutrition, all that stuff. I'll, I'll get real specific. So people have some take home stuff if you want, but I want to address the first part of that, which is, and you kind of said it at the end also, which is the whole certainty issue. And so it's really funny, man, because I just dropped a joint today, uh, a, a new video for my YouTube and stuff. And it's all about this. It's called my bulletproof bullshit detector. Mm. And, and really, I can go through, you know, the real quick version of it. But, you know, we've made mistakes on both ends of the spectrum. So you've got scientists kind of, you know, being like, well, if there's not peer reviewed, randomized controlled trials on it, then it's blah, blah, blah. And, and then there's mistakes on the other end, which is just like, yeah, I slept with crystals on my room. And now all of a sudden I gained, tw you know, you're like, hold, okay. And, and it's not really that hard, honestly, to figure out people that are on the end of the spectrums. So you see the woo-woo stuff and you're like, all right, you're crazy. And you see this stuffy scientist and you're like, okay, obviously you, you just don't, you never work with people. You've never done this before. Like you, you don't really understand how this works. The hard part is all the shit in the middle, which is most of it anyways. And I mean, just like you, just like me, we come from this, from two sides of the same coin, right? Me being more scientific, but working with athletes, you work with a whole lot more people, but still being in touch with the science, right? Well, we're wanting to look at it and go, okay, where are these central truths? And what are the things we can tease out? And when do I say, okay, the science isn't caught up? And, and when do I go, no, the science is here and this person's just sort of out of whack. So the, the things that I think you need to pay attention to are there are different types of evidence. And if you're not really, really well studied and trained in science, don't, don't go reading research papers and trying to read the method section. Like, just, it's just not really, it's not how people live their lives. It's not really your decision making. Um, what you can do is look at what we would call the bulk of the evidence in multiple areas. And so there are different things you can take a look at that, that the peer reviewed science is one of those things. Um, your intuition is another one, what we call teleology. So teleology is like, you know, why would it make sense? Why would it do that? Why would that be, why would it, uh, the body want to do that? Um, natural. So this is something that you think you would evolve to do. Uh, and there's a lot more examples within each one of these categories. I'm just kind of hitting the basic ideas, right? Um, and then, so you can take a look at them. So you're like, okay, maybe you hear of a new study and it says, hey, you should take this plant extract thing and it'll make you live 30% longer. Your gut instinct should immediately be like, what? 30% yeah. longer? Like every bell in your head should be going off. Like that just sounds like a lot of horseshit. And, and like it is. Snooze flash, it definitely will be, right? There's this, that just doesn't sound right. Why would that be a natural? Um, why would that make any, like, why would the cell want to do that? Why would you have to live? It doesn't make any sense. And every one of these pieces of evidence that I've talked about, all of them have flaws and all of them have limitations. So you, the problem people have is when they cherry pick from one piece of evidence and they don't think about it in context with the rest of them. Um, and so that's the issue. And so I mentioned natural a couple of times and there's a thing called the natural fallacy. So just because something is natural, that doesn't actually mean it's good. And so what you want to do is stack all these things. So if something makes a lot of natural sense, it makes teleological sense, there's a little bit of science, but not a lot to it, it looks good in your intuition, then the chances are you're starting to move out of that complete shit zone to not even like pretty close, but actually they're starting to stack pretty good evidence that this probably works. And so your level of certainty should match the strength of the overall evidence. So if there's not a lot of evidence towards something, you can still do it. Just don't go into it with a huge amount of certainty because we don't know yet. And you have to say, well, I think based on the information, I can't afford to wait. So I'm going to do this now. 
but my eyes and ears are still open. So when more evidence comes, I may change my position on this or the inverse. And so that's how I think, uh, you know, the, the big idea of how to approach this whole thing is, is if, if there's a ton of evidence from a lot of different areas, then you can get real, real, real certain. And so I'll give you two examples. One example uh, would be, let's just take a statement like, exercise is good for your health. Well, if you look at all the pieces of evidence, does that make natural sense? Absolutely. Does it make teleological sense? Of course. Does it make biological sense? Does it like, like cellular sense? Does it make mental health sense? Does it make, yes. And all the things start to stack up. And so that's something I would say is as close to 100% true as you would ever see in the natural world. Because it's so much evidence, not just in science, but in every aspect of what we would consider to be good evidence. And so to me, that's just something where like, I don't even pay attention if somebody disagrees with that because there would have to be so much new evidence to, to refute all the previous evidence that it's just not worth my time to, to waste yet. The other things, and you can imagine examples on the other end of the spectrum, which I've kind of mentioned it, but we see these, um, these typically come from the hackers and the, the people that want to be cutting edge. Like you want to be cutting edge, sure, but that means you're making assumptions based on very limited total evidence. And you're usually, again, highlighting one area or one piece of evidence. So fine, if that's where you want to be, cool with me. That's just, that's not where I play. Um, but that's totally fine as long as you recognize that you're going to be wrong a lot. And you got to be accountable to your people and your followers and your clients. And you go, hey, yeah, I, I jumped the gun on this one. I don't think that's really true. We, we probably got too excited about that. Fine. So that's really how the whole game shakes out for me um, with balancing kind of the science with the practical side. And I, I kind of want to piggyback on that because those are great points. And, and hopefully, like, people can look at the filter, even just what you mentioned, right? As soon as you jump at this exciting thing that your friend told you or the person that you follow online that has a million followers told you or something like that, you kind of run it through the filter a little bit. And, and if you, you know, based on that filter, if you're like, eh, you know what, it doesn't stack up, but, but, but I'll try it. I'll try it, but I won't, you know, I won't hedge my bets in Vegas on the whole thing, right? Like, totally, yeah. and, and I've always looked at it like this. And, you know, and this, you, you probably heard this before where like, you know, majority of, I don't know, the, the great and good strength coaches agree on 80 to 90% of the stuff. Yeah, they might disagree on 10 to 20. Right. The, the, the way that I've kind of approached things always is take the stuff that's, you know, most of the smartest people have agreed on. And then I'll mess around with the 10 to 20 that are kind of, yeah. you know, the, the new studies or something that I, somebody that I respect is like, hey, check this out. And I'll test it, you know, I'll test it on myself or with, with clients or my, my crew that I've been training with for a long time and, um, and start diving deeper and seeing the feedback. And even if you get, you know, some results from it, not buying into it so much, because there's so many different factors that, that mm -hmm. play into it that, um, you know, that, that, could, that could be something. And of course, I, I certainly think that if, um, you know, to me, the gym has been the lab, right? It's, it's for, I mean, I've had a gym for 14 years now, counting the one in Slovenia. I've actually, like this year will be, uh, 25, 25 years since I lifted weights and it's all been a lab, right? Like mm -hmm. learn through obviously trial and error and study and later realizing some stuff was dumb or, you know, things that I were, you know, in the process, I like, Oh, this is stupid. Then it's like, Oh no, it's not. This is actually smart. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And actually I'll have some examples for it, which I, which I do want to uh, dig in on, on, on some stuff yeah. on, when it comes to cardio and strength training and things like that. Mm -hmm. But but I, I definitely like, isn't that the, the, you know, if you're 
kind of working on your health or, you know, building muscle, building strength. I, I would say like that is the way to go about it. If, you know, that's from my opinion, my experience is to, you know, study the things that have worked from the smartest people that have been there, done that and, and take that, you know, whether you want to call it the 80, 20 rule or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. um, apply that. And then if you want to veer off and try some new stuff and, you know, go ahead, go for it, but don't make that the foundation. Yes. Right. Don't make that the foundation of your health and fitness um, and nutrition. That, that doesn't make sense to me. No, I totally agree, man. And I'll, I'll give you some of these. Um, it's what I call the 90%. All right. It's, it's kind of different from 80, 20 right or row, but same, same idea here. Right. Um, because yeah, like, uh, so when you first start, so the analogy I give with nutrition all the time, is uh, the difference between a cook and a chef, right? So when you're first learning to cook, you better just follow the recipes exactly, right? Love because you out. don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, right? So if this is your first six months, first year, I mean, you're talking, you said 25 years in the game. Okay, so if you're six months in, you're, you're a novice still. You're 150th the training experience that you got, right? So you might be like, oh, I've been doing this for eight months. I've been doing this for two years. I'm pretty good at it. No, you're not. You're still a baby, right? You're still a baby training-wise. So your first couple of years, you're in there just follow the recipes for the most part. And then when it's, and then when you got time, like, hey, um, by the way, instead of the, the very end here, instead of hitting this with a splash of vinegar, maybe I'll hit this with a splash of lemon juice. Oh shit, that turned out terrible. Okay, I got it right. But still, like, if you go changing everything, you don't know what happened. Too many variables, right? So science, the scientific principles change one variable at a time and see what happens. And if those changes very small, you pay attention, right? As you start to gain experience, along the way, start asking the people more why questions. So, hey, why can't I have vinegar right there? Why can't I use lemon juice instead of vinegar? What's the... And then probably, oh, yeah, they'll start to explain to you, wow, here, this is the acid profile. This is what happens with the collagen in it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Now, eventually, as you start transitioning into being a chef, you can start making these things. You can start doing things wrong on purpose, right? You can make up recipes. You can break rules, right? They say, what's the famous saying about Picasso? It's something like uh follow the rules um when you master the rules then you can break the rules yeah something shit like that you guys can look up the thing, but, <laughs> like, so you can break them like an artist right follow them like yeah, a yeah. whatever so you can break them like an artist and it's like okay great but if you step in from day number one and, and you you know you're a line cook at denny's and you start trying to break rules it's like you're gonna make some real shitty waffles <laughs> you know what i mean like you, you gotta spend that time first before you get there and and you pick stuff up, but you keep your core principles real tight until you start to really, really, really gain expertise. And then you can start challenging some of those assumptions. The problem is with social media and stuff, man, because these kids are in a different age than, than when, when I came up in this stuff. And so they, they have access to all these elite people putting out stuff that is more of this like, hey, chefery stuff, right? Hey, he tweaked this recipe here. But and they're jumping in a little bit too to soon or to ahead of their game right so they should be following these basic things first and picking up some some tips so if you want i can go into kind of the core like strength training stuff uh, as well as nutrition principles that i have from most people that i call my 90 percent. so these are what yeah, de definitely I, I really want to dive because i because i know some of the stuff that you'll bring up uh i, I want to maybe uh, not challenge it but i guess uh, challenge maybe with some things that are said um and yeah. we can dive deeper into examples because i know I love to give a lot of examples and it makes it real practical and people can kind of actually see themselves uh, in the situations. Perfect. So number one principle behind all this stuff, uh, a couple of things we have to understand. Number one, it is very true that all of us are different. 
So everything I'm about to say may be wrong for you. We're never going to know until you try. But this is why I call it the 90%. Because 90% of the time, this it, is probably going to work for 90% of the people as a starting base, right? Uh, so we'll do the exercise portion first, and we'll come back and do nutrition. So exercise-wise, the answer about how you should train, you know, how many days per week, what exercises, what rep range, any of that stuff that you like to talk about, uh, first and foremost, we have to identify what is your goal. We have to be very, very crystal clear. And I would, maybe at the end we can come back to this, but this is honestly what I spend most of my time when I work with professional athletes on is, is they're just not really good at it being explicit with their goal. And more importantly, okay, here's our goal. When are we going to hit this goal? And what's our plan to get there? So it's great. You want to get there by there, but how are we going to get there? How are we going to be halfway there? How are we going to be a third of the way there? How are we going to be two thirds of the way there? What are we going to do? Because if we don't do that, we're just going to hope we get that shit three months from now. No way. That's a terrible strategy. So you have to identify what your training goal is. Well, let's assume they're the people like you talked about, like, I kind of want to get bigger, maybe stronger. I want to feel better, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I just want a little bit of all this stuff, which, you know, represents what most people exercise for. So here's what that looks like to me. At least once uh, a week, do something that's fast. Right? And now you can combine a lot of these too. So I'm just going to give you minimals, right? At least once a week, you got to do something fast. At least once a week, you got to do something that challenges your, what I call maximal strength. And mm -hmm. so I don't literally mean 100%. You know, it could be, could be a smooth 90%, something you feel comfortable with, but you're, you're, it's not 50%. It's not 70%. It ain't 80%. Something that you're really, like, you, you better have got your shit right today because you got to get this thing moving. So something that's 90%. Uh, and with all this stuff, generally big mus big movement patterns, big muscle groups, and kind of a balance across the body, up, down, left, right, side to side, et cetera. Uh, once a week, you got to do something that challenges your ability to do the exact opposite, which is sustain work output for a long time, say minimum 30 minutes with no break. Once a week, you got to do something that puts your heart rate that's going to make you feel like you're going to throw up and you got to repeat it a bunch. Could be intervals, whatever. Could be circuit training, something like that. And then once a week, you got to do something that challenges uh, what we'd call your ability to to grow muscle. So this would be more of your classic hypertrophy type of stuff. So again, you can combine a lot of those workouts. You could do this different. You could fit that all into a two-day workout. In fact, I think I wrote an article for XPT. Yep. Yeah, um, I read that. It was a great article. Yeah, and it, and it kind of shows like a two-day format, three-day format, something like that. But to me, those are the core training principles that if you land on all that stuff, man, you're going to be in a pretty damn good shape. That, okay, so this, I'm loving this because it, it brings up some questions. Actually, some, some things that, you know, I preach more now than I, than I have in a long time. And um, I, would, I would for sure say that Joel's been a big influence on me uh, mm -hmm. poking at that for sure. Um, but, you know, let's, let's look at, because I, I think most people when they, they hear the, the strength training and, you know, going after things that you're, you're going to kind of elicit mu uh, muscle hypertrophy, right? Like mm -hmm. it's okay, cool. I, all right. I know I got to do that. The speed stuff, you know, that's, we preach this all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. and it's, you know, of course somebody goes like, ah, but if you're older, do you really need it? Fuck yes, you do. Even more so. I mean, like yes. one out of three people that fall after the age of 50, break their hip here, you know, bam, that's enough. That's And, that, and that's like an 80% mortality some morbidity relationship too. Not Man. only do you break your hip, but then a lot of the times, like a huge percentage of the time, that's a wrap. Yep. 
because the problem. It, because it leads to all types of the additional stuff like not moving and yep depression. And it real fast. It is a it is a dramatic downturn. Right? It's a fall off a cliff. It's really bad news. And and the thing is, I'm glad you brought that up. Not in the sense of like, oh, great news. Um, but I'm glad, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you brought it up because it's like that shit's serious. Mm-hmm. And the way that you prevent that is being reactive, having power, which obviously is the first thing you lose. It's not strength. You lose power first. And mm-hmm. so we plugged that in. And, I, you know, I love uh, the lens of uh, Bill Hartman and Mike Robertson's R7 system, which we use in everything um, because it's, it's so malleable. Um, and maybe we can come back to that and whatnot. But because all the things that you said are in that lens of R7, right, where you, where you got your reactivity, you got your resi- resistance, which is your strength. You got your resilience, which is your conditioning and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I love that thought process. Now, here's, you know, this is the thing that, you know, in the last, I, was, I don't know, five, five plus years, you know, the rise of high intensity, you know, conditioning and training has become, I mean, it's, it, you know, venture capital companies and invested in it. Like now there's so many, like, this is what we do. And you burn so many calories in mm-hmm. such a short time and you go hard in the paint and, you know, mm-hmm. going into the orange zone and, you know, and, and you're just seeing a lot of people get, beat up stall um and of course you know the the phases of when we talk about slower steady state aerobic cardio you know there was the phase where like no it's great for fat loss fat burning zone (laughs) like hey it's not useful because you know epoch and we got to go high intensity Mm -hmm. now we're coming back around to like no actually it is useful but maybe not for fat burning zone and but it's so useful for health and for recovery and you know you, you brought it up saying sustain um doing something for a sustained amount of time for at least 30 minutes. I, I actually have gone a little harder on this. And of course, look, this is dependent on the person, how much time they have, you know, psychological stuff. I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors, but um, the success that we've had with people that have come to us with training a lot, you know, and I would say combining strength training with really high intensity conditioning really frequently and just being beat up, injured, you know, fatigued all the time, uh, you know, having kind of like this aerobic deficit syndrome. And we started plugging that in and cutting out, out some of the high intensity stuff, even some of the strength training, not still keeping it, but cutting some of it out and them having incredible results um, as, a, as a result of it and going like, holy shit, like, why is this happening? Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, stimulus recovery. But, you know, I, I'd love some of your thoughts on that. Like, what have you seen? And like, you, you know, because uh, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm, that, I'm not on the like train, you know, five to seven days a week of one hour of cardio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not realistic. Not. It's just not, you know, realistic in, in, in life. And of course, then you kind of come down to are people bored with it? And, and you know, yeah. we can kind of address that too. But what are your thoughts on that? And what have you seen both from us, you know, just practically and also from the research side of things? Yeah, so that's actually, I'm going to, uh, I'm take that in a new direction a little bit because I'm more excited about this piece of it. Um, there so one of the things that's very, very clear, and I know Joel's on this, this wagon too, but we've been doing this, this breath work stuff, and we've been, we, we did our first experiment with it in 2011, I think, in the lab. So we've been doing studies on this for quite a while and doing stuff. And I work with uh, this guy, Brian McKenzie, and Art of Breath and some other stuff. Um, so what this stuff makes me think of here, why I'm going to it is, look, I love intervals. I love high intensity stuff as much as you did, but here's what typically happens uh, in all of science, but it's very true for sports science and what I globally call sports science is you have this pendulum effect, right? 
And so you get uh, in, in the early 1950s, right? It was, everyone was just starting to figure out the benefit of steady state cardio. And so there's this huge swing for steady state of cardio. And in fact, there was a huge push to talk about how actually strength training was bad for your health. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of things happened. And I, I did a whole podcast on my show about this. If you want to know the, the story and the history, it's, it's really awesome. But effectively, things swing all the way back the other direction because of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And his movies come out and people are like, oh my God, not only is this enough not bad for you, but I can literally, and think about how powerful this is. You can literally make yourself a superhero. Literally, right? I mean, they saw this dude and they're like, wow, this dude is Hercules. Holy shit. And this dude is Conan. And this dude is the Predator. And this dude, huge swing the other direction, right? Bodybuilding takes off. You see a drop in aerobic exercise. You see a massive upswing in there. Here's the problem, though. If you're only bodybuilding in the classical 1970s sense, you got to go to the gym. It's two and a half hours, right? It's 17 different calf workouts. It's 14 different tries. It's all machine, right? And so people are leaving and going like, fuck, my elbows are killing me. And I go to the doctor and they're still telling me my heart's not in great shape and I'm not losing hmm, all these problems, right? Well, that leaves a big gap in the middle for someone like CrossFit to step in and go, oh, no, yeah, that two and a half hour workout, that six hours of running you got to do a week. How about this? I get you in and out the gym in 20 minutes. Boom. CrossFit explodes. Why? Because it says we'll take advantage. We'll get you some strength training in there. We'll get you some cardio in there. We'll combine it all into one. Boom. So that now all of a sudden bodybuilding tanks, steady state stuff tanks, CrossFit explodes. Well, all of a sudden what happens? Pendulums start to swing and they start to swing back in the middle because now it's like, okay, this is great, but CrossFit missed this, 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 and this. And I'm not, not bagging CrossFit, right? Especially early CrossFit. People are getting hurt like crazy. Why? Because we're dosing the intensity way too much and we're dosing movements. And, and you and I are on the same page, right? We generally prefer bigger movements rather than the seven different bicep curl machines. But we dose those movements way too much because they're too complex and people couldn't do them properly. And we put way too much load on them. And so now what you're seeing is the eventual swing back from that end of the pendulum, which is going, okay, instead of just shitting on running and shitting on lifting and shitting on bodybuilding and shitting on CrossFit, you know what? There's this pretty good piece from CrossFit. And there's this pretty good piece from Steady State. And there's a pretty good piece from... In and now where the field is, is everyone's kind of starting to go, you know what? You're right. I don't want to just jog for 20 hours a week. I don't want to do, but there's here, here, here. And it's starting to slide into all these areas. And people are starting to realize where I started this answer with, with the breast stuff is, hey, look, if you live, work a real job and you got a, even like a remotely stressful job or life factor, and every time you come to the gym, all we do is we dial you up to level 10 again. You don't go home and come back on the other side. You stay home you, or, or you do this at work on your lunch break and then you go back to work. All we did was take you, you were redlined already. We redlined you even more. And now you go back more redlined and people are just starting to flame out. And so what we have to do is realize, all right, we either have to finish that session with some down regulation breath work, or we have to interject some pieces into your week that are actually more down regulation stuff. And so we can match this up regulation of your training. Boom. Here's your circuit day, here's your heavy day, whatever. Okay. Next day, steady state sustained or whatever we're doing. And let's bring in more back that, that way. Let's change the breath. Let's do a little bit of practice here and there. And now we're getting a piece overall throughout the week that is sustainable, that doesn't flame people out. Because, I mean, 
I know you don't work very hard, so you don't know what this is like, but, <laughs> but you know, like sometimes when you're like, you're really excited and you're going all day and you're like, you want to work out, even guys like you and I, you know, I've been training since I'm a kid and I'm like, man, I just, I love it. But there are plenty of days when I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to train. And I'm asking myself like, what, what, what the hell? Why don't you want to train today? And you can pretty much figure out the answer. You're like, oh yeah, I just, I don't want to train today because I know I have to do you know, like a three rep max deadlift. I know I'm doing these intervals. You're like, oh, if it was a modern day, I'd probably be out there and smoke it. So it, it's hard to be able to get to level 10 every day. Sometimes you just don't want to do it. And if you're not, a, if that's happening to me as a strength training junkie, what about the people who are like, oh, I kind of like it, but yep. that's not my whole life. Well, they're never going to make those sessions. So you, you've got to bring it to them. I, I don't think it's the right approach. And you're not going to get those people to make this a lifestyle. Uh, they're going to get super motivated. and They'll push through it for six weeks, six months, but it's the short game. They're not going to be there for long. Uh, that's a great point. And I actually think that, um, I mean, you know, and, and I would be this, like, I remember me as a younger coach, right? Cause you're so fired up about how this can help people. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're so into it and you, the problem is you try to bring them into your world rather yes. than into theirs. And, and yes. I, I, that's, that's a really good point. That, that's really important. It, that's the, I think that's step one, right? The awareness of going like, look, I absolutely know that. And, you know, I, I do have down days too and stuff like that. But in general. No, you don't. I'm pretty psycho. I see your shit. You do not have down days, bro. So you are like, legendary for not having down days. <laughs> legendary. So do, do not come into Luca's world. I, I got to, you know, but it, it, and it's, I had a big, like, probably about six, seven years ago is when I had these revelations. And, and, um, and uh, honestly, the way that it, they came uh, by was personal life stuff happening. And I was like, man, why do I do this dumb stuff? And I'm like, well, you know, I do, I have issues in other areas of life that maybe another person has with health and fitness. Right. Mm. And, and mm-hmm. it was like, oh, see, like I would judge people for not being committed to something, but I'm the same, just in a different mm-hmm. area. Right. <laughs> and, and that was, and, and it was a painful area that I had to, to go through, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, oh, okay, I see, I see what's going on. And then, you know, I started studying way more psychology and human behavior and neurology and brain and everything around habits, you know, cause I was like trying to figure out why I do dumb stuff. And then of course you dig deeper and you go like, why do other people do mm-hmm. irrational things? Um, but that probably moved the dial in my coaching way more than, um, and look, I'm, st- I'm still as geeky as can be when it comes to training and reps and the vectors mm-hmm. of force production, but that, you know, that was really the big kicker. Um, and, and yeah. understanding that, like, if you can't get this person to continue to come back, uh, first of all, you're losing, right? Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're not winning the, what your purpose is, which is to continue to get them, you know, the consistency of health, health and fitness and exercise and nutrition. And how much more are they, you know, if you do a too easy of a workout, right, which has now become the thing, like, I actually uh, just had one of the, the Seahawks um, that I'm doing some stuff with. And, you know, it's like, Hey, listen, and you'd, you'd, you'd be, I mean, I know, you know, but it's like, uh, you, sometimes coaches think they're like, Oh, if it's a pro athlete, like uh-huh. they, they want a 10 out of 10. And it's like, uh-huh. no, 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 no. So, no, definitely not. And so now I'm like, Hey, listen, man, like, uh, you know, this first training session is going to be like more like a six out of 10. I just want to see where you're at. And you, and, and now it's, you know, they'll go like, Oh yeah, it's cool. It's cool. You know, like <laughs> back in the day, I'd be like, Oh, Oh, you're, you're, you're a pro. Oh, yeah. oh, buddy. We're about to crush you. Right. Like it's just, but, but a person that's just looking to look, feel, perform better. I mean, how can you get them to, um, you know, you know what I do actually at the beginning of training sessions, even now with, with new people, um, I say, Hey, um, 
what, uh, what are you looking to get out of the session? Mm. How are you looking to feel? How are you looking to feel at, you know, at the end of this session? And people are like thrown off because usually most people haven't asked them that, right? Yeah. And they'll be like, well, sometimes they don't know, right? But they'll go like, man, I just want to be more energized. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like my joints are aching. Um, you know, I, I got to get some steam out, right? But now I can go like, okay, well, man, we can spend a little more time on mobility and warmups, which for this person will actually be aerobic in nature. You know, the heart rate is going get, to get up to like at least those mid zones. And then we can do some strength training, but not a lot. And then at the end, we can let out some steam and smash a, you know, yeah. dyna ball into the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And then that person is like, man, I, I feel like I worked out. I got to sweat, but like, man, my joints feel better. And I help them feel the way that they wanted to feel. Now, I'm not saying I don't have a program. We build programs, obviously, but but isn't that probably one of the most important things is to get the person the feeling that they want at the end of the training session. Um, and some days, you know, you're going to get people to come in and it's like, all right, listen, we got a four sets of four on a trap bar deadlift. Um, you know, we got a very high volume it was week three, you know, we're, we're going through it. And this person comes in and just look like, you know, crap. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Oh, I slept three hours, kids losing their shit. Um, you know, whatever, whatever else, like I had like four glasses of wine last night. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Like, you know, you, and you're like, should we really destroy this person or go like, Hey, listen, what, you know, what are you looking at to get out of today's session? How do you want to feel at that end of session? So it just became such a, um, I would say a big, big aha moment, you know, because if you started looking at like, okay, how do, if they leave feeling good and they, they're like, man, this guy gave me what I asked for and what I want, I'm going to come back. I'm going to keep coming back. And then you get them in a consistency and at the end of the year nobody will give a shit if they did four reps or six or eight you know like <laughs> yeah. they're gonna be trained strength training for a year doing aerobic stuff for a year mobility stuff for a year and yeah. man they're gonna have success right like yeah. versus some other coach going like oh luca man but because i've because i've had that happen you know when um like when i was in the game for a longer period of time and there's somebody that goes like I know this, your group training that you don't do periodization in four week blocks. You know, I'm like, oh my fucking, you know, so <laughs> like, you know, so I'm like, Hey, how long you been doing this for? You know, kind of learn is like, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to give you the, the, you know, the science breakdown. Like, well, it's more effective if I'm like, well, listen, somebody's going to join on Tuesday. It's going to be, weird. Yeah. it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. You, you got to be a little more <laughs> heuristic here, my friend. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think like that, you know, and, and here, here, here's the thing. So where do we, I'll, I guess I'll throw some of my thoughts out, right? Because you, you kind of got this puzzle piece. This is the way I look at it, right? Hopefully coaches develop a lot of skills and tools in the toolbox, you know, whether it be in the strength training toolbox, the conditioning toolbox, the joint health mobility toolbox, the nutrition toolbox. And then when they meet people and, and, and they're trying to help them, they find out what they want. And then they kind of like have, you know, a lot of pieces to the puzzle and they go like, uh, you know, ask the person and figure out what that person likes so they can take these tools and, you know, create a maybe, you know, maybe cardio for them is kettlebell swings. Maybe it's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jacob's ladder. Maybe it's the airdyne bike. Maybe it's, you know, uh, they like doing mobility flows and okay, cool. Like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways. You just got to understand, you got to understand the science and then you can, you can help them choose, right? Like, Hey, listen, man, like, would you like to do this or this? Oh man, I look, I really love kettlebells. Okay, cool. Yeah. Shit, I'm going to put kettlebells in your program, you know, because they love yeah, yeah. kettlebells, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a basic idea of, of like, <clears throat> and that's why, sorry to cut you off, but it's going back to the, how we very first started talking and you're like, I want to go with the principal stuff and, and get into it and we can get a details from there. But that's why it's so critical 
that I told you the same thing when, when I was working with professional athletes or when I do, it's so critical you understand the outcome, not the method you want to use, it's the outcome, right? And so once you understand where we're trying to get out of it, then you can start playing these games. Oh yeah, you want to use Jacob's Ladder, great, you like to walk up. Fine, you want to use this, yeah, I love, or, yeah, fine. But those are not the things. Most people, or a lot of people have problems and they come in and they're trying to figure out how to make their tool fit into, into the, the training when it should be the opposite, right? It's just like, okay, outcome first. Like when I teach, I teach a program design class and we spend half the year on basically figuring out the goals and the, the processes. And then at the very, very end of the year, you actually select your exercises, you select the reps. That's way, 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 way at the end. And people oh, always I love see that. that. They see it at the beginning of the year and they're like, dude, this is like a, this is a one day assignment. Why is it going to take us two and a half months to do this? And I'm like, you don't understand yet. <laughs> like it's a lot of work to get to here and then you can take and play okay yeah press pull boom 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 oh this guy likes bands like this okay fine yeah there's subtle differences there but it is really understanding what are we going after goal wise and then what are the, the physical traits and that's why i laid out to you that 90 percent uh of the training stuff the way i did because that's what you're getting right something to move fast something to move fast because you're looking at i mean i think of it this way when i teach the physiology piece in my classes i don't do like section one uh neuromuscular section two skeletal muscle section like i don't teach systems like that i teach the whole all my physiology classes are outcome based and so it is like okay uh, the first month is strength training and then we go through all of the physiology that goes into that and then strength two is uh steady state grip, boom and we, and we go through it like that because in real life that's what people do that's how it is yeah that's what you do and you go okay boom what would you need to see physiologically to take this person to strength training uh, blah, 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 blah. This, or if you did strength training what are the physiological adaptations rather than the other way because um, that's just not how it works and so when you look at someone and it's what i call defenders right and so when someone comes to you and says okay my goal is i want to lose weight you go, okay great instead of going all right well look at the research what's the best way to exercise to lose weight you've already asked the wrong question Right already, because fundamentally you don't understand that that's not the most important variable. It's not even close. And I'm not even talking nutrition. I'm just saying, just like, say you're handling an exercise piece. If you understand what's happening physiologically to cause weight loss, you understand, okay, it's not really that different between any modality. Right? So the second question needs to become, okay, what's stopping you from losing the weight right now? And the, is, the more time you can spend really drilling down and figuring out that defender, so what's defending you from your goal? Not what your goal is. Once we figure that out, cool. What's defending it? Oh, the fact is every time I start running, I get two or three weeks in and my ankle always starts hurting. Hmm, weird. Okay, so maybe you have a movement issue. So, so maybe you do need to do 35 minutes of ankle mobility three days a week and you only need to start jogging a mile a day for, and all of a sudden three weeks later, boom, now the weight's falling off because you can actually do the work that it takes and you get six weeks in before... And, and they, don't, they don't stop every three weeks because that's what they've been used to, those patterns, those habits, or whatever, right? So that, that's what I'm talking about is you've got to really understand the defender for those issues. And now we can start bringing in the pieces, right? So, uh, yeah, I love to do this, but and kettlebells, well, oh, okay. So the defender is you've got some low back instability, and so we don't want to dose you with kettlebells because you need to put in work right now, blah, blah, blah. But you okay, fine. So all we do, but we need to do kettlebells in a way that don't aggravate your back so we can do more work because you got to do work to boost back. Okay, great. Whatever the piece is. So it's just really spending time on that front and identifying what it is they want to go after and what's defending them. So why aren't they hitting that goal? Uh, and 
before I wish we got to remember, let's do the nutrition piece too, but exercise wise, that's, that's a big part of what we get to. I love that. You know, it's like I brought this up. You say that what's the defender. Um, I just got done reading a, a, a book of um, it's called catalyst from uh, Jonah Berger who, who wrote the contagious book mm-hmm. and it's how to change anyone's mind. But he talks about, you know, remove, removing barriers to change. Like that's the mm-hmm. most effective way to it's not like hey do this do this do this it's like find out what the barrier is mm-hmm. remove it and that's that's the fastest way to change somebody's mind to help help somebody uh do the stuff that they're not doing or you know that they should you know quote unquote should be doing to achieve their goal yeah that's the psychological flip side to, to what i'm talking about right exactly which so is the same thing it's like like i have a, a ufc fighter and she came to me she's like i gotta get stronger i gotta get stronger and she's undefeated and every time you watch this girl fight not only does she look like the strongest athlete you've ever seen, and the commentators are like, my God, she's just so strong. And then she comes to me being like, I'm not strong enough. And I'm like, okay, something's not lining up here. Like, like something's not getting it here. And it, all it really was was she wasn't, she had some, some things going on physically. And once I just fixed those, and they're real quick fixes, boom, she was able to express things a lot, a lot easier than she already had built. And so I, I, could, I saw that disconnect between why isn't she feeling strong, but yet she clearly is super strong. And so it was just removing that barrier rather than me coming in and be like, okay, sweet, let's squat, let's deadlift, let's get you strong. Nope, I just had to remove the thing that was blocking her own self physically mm-hmm. from expressing her own actual strength and power. And then boom, like she's just like, I feel so much stronger. I'm like, yeah, I didn't even do anything. I just took some shit away that you were blocking yourself from. <laughs> I you love that. I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's actually a, a big thing. Um, I mean, for, for me, like I know for, for a fact that like many, or we get people many a times they go like, man, I'm, I'm tired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta, you know, I gotta improve. I gotta train more. It's like, well, no, fatigue is masking your fitness. You know, you're mm-hmm. not recovering well enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may have not thought about it, but hey, that's the barrier. That's the, that might be the defender. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could do this all day with, yeah, with examples. Yeah, 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 yeah we, we could definitely do milk. But, but it's, I, I don't think that people in, think about that enough, right? Like, what do I have to, what's the block? And yes. if just removing the block could make everything else so much better rather than trying to, you know, fix all of these other things, yep. or you just got to, it, it's really spending the time to be a detective. I mean, I, I know that's what yes. you do a lot of, right? Like you're a detective, man. Like, yes. it, it's not like, ah, this, you know, it's like somebody comes to you and you're like, what, you need to get stronger. All right, let's make a yeah. protocol, you know, above 90%, you know, and it's <laughs> like, no, it's, you go, you start going like, hmm, all right, I got to ask a lot of questions. And you yeah. get to the roadblock, you eliminate the roadblock, and then you do more detective work to find the next one. Like that's, I, that's why I love doing what I do. And every time people ask me about like, well, when you work with athletes, how do you do it? I always stumble over and give them a shitty answer. <laughs> because I'm like, honestly, like I'm not a full-time strength coach like, like you are. Like, okay, I do blood work. Okay, all the other stuff. Sure, I do all, like, honestly, what I do is that. that that's what I really do is I go through and I go, okay. And that's why what I do is specifically unscalable, right? Like I don't want a lot of athletes. I want a very f- small number and I want real high touch. Because in my opinion, the way that I, with my skill set, the way I can have the most change is to do that. And I can look at it and go, okay, I, I can't send you a program for 200 bucks. That's not how I work. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to spend a month and we're going to talk on the phone every day. And I'm going to get blood work. And I'm going to track your sleep. And I want everything because I can figure out, look, all of this is actually because of this. Now, I could have just sent you the program. I could have, I could have just analyzed your blood and, and sent you a report back and all that stuff and told you which stuff to get next. I could have done all that stuff. But, man, I could have been pushed. It's what we call a dime over dollar, right? So it's like, yeah, 
you're gonna have to work your ass off to get that dime. Or we could have just looked over there and been like, there's a dollar, just move that dollar. Just pick that dollar up, that's 10 times the payoff for the same amount of work. And, and that's all we're trying to do is figure that thing out and how can we move it. Sometimes that shit gets real tricky. And sometimes it's yeah. really, real, real hard. But the vast majority of my time and my professional experience has, has generally been very easy to figure out, oh, this is your real problem. Uh, and it's just like, hey, let's just stretch your back for five minutes in the morning and all of a sudden you sleep better. Like what? Yeah, well, it's systems. <laughs> if they're not running right, they don't work. That's a, that's a very, very great and powerful point. I think that, you know, coming back to like, right, if you got to chop down a tree, spend, spend a, yeah, yeah. a half the time like sharpening the axe. I mean, I, I do think that's what it is, though, because we're, you know, I, I remember myself being that way, right? Like you, you learn all this stuff and you're so eager, you know, to show people what you know. And, uh, but I think that's what gets in the way of, yeah. you and know, honestly, like from my perspective, I blame it on how we're educated. At least if you're coming at this from like, oh, you got your degree in exercise science or close field and you got up into it, because that's exactly how we teach you to think in, in our current programs. And so you come out and you think like that, and then we're shocked why you coach people like that. What, what do you think uh, are some things that currently, you know, if, if you look at, I guess, the educational system in our, in our field, you know, what are some things that you are like for sure that need to be taught more? Well, I think um, it's hard to say this because people always say, well, this is wrapped up into the classes. And it is, but it's not really. Uh, but critical thinking is, is, to me, the most important aspect. Stuff, stuff like what we're talking about, right? No one's, uh, the things I teach in class, like no one taught me these things. I just go through problem solve. I figure out how I've worked with athletes. And I'm like, all right, why don't I just teach that? Why don't I just teach these systems to kids instead of teaching them? This stuff. I mean, look, there's a, there's a basic level of knowledge you have to have to have good conversations yeah. uh, and to learn, right? So if you don't understand your basic anatomy, we're going to have real hard we're not gonna, You're not going to ask good questions about when to use which exercise because you don't understand the fundamentals. So I do think there should be several years of, call it basic rote memorization, because we just have to get there. But after that, um, for example, we will teach a little bit, depending on your program, uh, a bunch of different exercises. But we never have conversations about when would you use that exercise specifically. And I'll give you an example. So in one of my classes, they have to do, they have to take like 25 similar exercises. So example would be front squat with barbell and front squat with dumbbells. And they have to break down both movements and give me specific examples and scenarios of, in which you would, the right, the better choice would be the front squat with the dumbbell. And the, and another one worse is the better choice would be the, the opposite, like barbell or whatever it is. And so that's this type of stuff. Like we never, no one ever taught me those things. I learned, and you may learn, okay, well, when you do a front squat, it uses your quads more, back squat uses glutes more, blah, blah, blah. Maybe, but let's take it this next survey. Like what would you need to see in a client where you would go, no, this is a back squat person, or no, this person needs to do a split squat, actually. Uh, this person needs to, let's put a goblet on there. Like, what are you seeing that makes you go, this is the right answer here, this is the right answer here, because the upside of the front squat is A, B, C, D, and E. The downside of the front squat is F, G, blah, 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 blah. That part is really not taught. And so we don't choose, we don't, we don't get to that next level of really critical thinking uh, of putting this stuff together. We teach numbers and sets and reps and hypertrophies, this many reps, et cetera, but we don't teach that other stuff. Which is extreme. I mean, as you're bringing these examples up, that, that's some of the, when it comes to the actual exercise, it is probably some of the most important stuff because 
you know, and, and let's, let's look at a scenario where, and I've, I've seen this, um, you know, when I've seen a coach where this is a specific example from when I still worked at a big box gym here when I came to Seattle and, you know, in their mind, it's like, well, okay, you know, squats are important. So we're going to mm -hmm. squat this person. And, you know, they started back squatting this person and it was so, and it wasn't like a crazy amount of weight, but enough to, for, you know, they, it was just so awkward for them mm -hmm. that they felt very unsuccessful, you know, and then you could see like, oh, okay. Um, right. They sw we're going to switch this up to front squat. And they were like, we're going to switch it to a front squat with a clean grip. And mm -hmm. the wrists were just so immobile that, you know, the literally like in, in the set, like the, the barbell fell down in the front, you know, and mm -hmm. now you, you know, that, that, that client, and I, you know, that was their like intro session. They didn't come back. Right. Cause it's like, no, of course, of course they're not going to come back to that. First of all, you're like, I was unsuccessful. I felt like crap. Um, you know, like, man, I can't, I, well, here's the thing. I can't do this, but if you did a, 90-90 split squat or a goblet squat, you know, from a box. I mean, they would have been like, oh, okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting my eight to 10 reps. I feel good. Like I, now all of a sudden, but once again, like you said, it, that's not stuff that, um, I mean, thankfully I, I learned it and I was, you know, would follow and learn from, like I said, the cookbook of the best coaches, you know, that I could find, find from around the world, but you're not learning that in, in schools, unfortunately. No. Now somebody's in your class though, different story, but uh, definitely not a normal thing. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, those are some of the stuff, and I don't want to bag. I think we do a lot of things very well um, in academia, but that is one of the things. Um, the other thing I think that we, we have stressed a lot in our program is developing a personal uh, coaching philosophy. Uh, and, and this is a really hard one to get to because the kids don't even really understand how this is because, you know, I, like, I, I'm out there, right? Like, I get it. Kids, when kids are in my class, there's a very high chance I already know who I am before they step in there, right? Mm -hmm. for, for good, better, or worse, right? So they've already likely heard me a bunch of times on podcasts. They've seen videos. They've seen stuff out there. So I'm like, okay, you're going to take two or three classes with me. Your philosophy is going to be mine. And they don't understand why that's a problem, right? I'm like, you, you cannot do that. You should not listen to me because you may work with different clientele. You may work, have different goals. You, you may, uh, you, you're going to know stuff I don't know. I'm for sure changing stuff because, and the fact that I change how I do things means at the same time, I'm admitting something's either faulty or wrong in my own system. So if you took my class five years ago or seven years ago, or nine years ago, and all you're doing is thinking like I think, now you're way behind, right? You're always gonna be behind. So we wanna really stress them to develop their own philosophy. So when they go into those interviews and, and you know they're trying to get up there and get that internship up at, at your gym and you start talking, they're just like, uh, but hey, if they can come on and go, hey, look, right now, I, I know I don't know a lot and I'm, I'm open to learn, but right now is the best I can tell, here's my philosophy and I'm, I'm open to change, blah, 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 all the caveats, but at least be able to demonstrate to this, this person, you know, when they're trying to get that, that job at UCLA football and they're trying to get this other one, uh, people really like that. Like, okay, you've thought through this and, and you have a system and yeah, of course your system's going to suck. You're 24 years old, but the fact that you have a philosophy of, of what you believe in it's really important. So that's one of the things we've tried to get to. It's just, it's just really hard to honestly execute uh, with these students. So I think, I think people could get better at that. Yeah. And I, and I would, I mean, if somebody actually did break down their philosophy and why they have it and yet be humble to like, Hey, I'm evolving. That would stand out to me like drastically. I mean, honestly, yeah. we, we don't get a lot of that, but I, it would, because it, 
first of all, I would just tell me that you, you know, you've done some work on that, right? Like mm-hmm. that you've thought it through and, and you're like, Hey, based on the stuff that I've learned, here's what I think. And I mean, that stands out. And so for anybody listening, right? Like, because we, you know, we get definitely a lot of, I would say, internship requests and things like that, but just in general, like anywhere that you'd go, I think that would be, you know, uh, it, it would certainly be a standout thing if you're sitting down for interview. Um, and yeah. with, with that, you know, I wanted, what I wanted to ask was like, I mean, your thoughts, but just from the context of teaching, um, you know, obviously how, how important do you feel it is like on the communication side, which, you know, mm-hmm. becoming great at communication, because it's part of the detective work, like you got to be great at communication, mm-hmm. asking questions, active listening, all these things, but where does it fit in? And maybe like, whether you, you teaching it or guiding people to, you know, what to learn and, and, and where to go and maybe what are some good starting points to improve that because that is such a, you know, the soft skills just are such a huge part of, of coaching and helping people succeed. So, you know, we, of course, in our, well, in general academia, this field, IQ is, is everything over EQ, right? Um, academically, right? So all we're testing you on is IQ uh, because we don't really have the time or ability to, let's get you on the floor and let's watch you and let's give you a grade based on how you interact with people and like the EQ stuff we can't really do. And so, the, the kind of idea is we try to teach you the information and then you get out there, you got to learn your coaching jobs. And that's why you intern and it's like, okay, fine. That's cool. But one thing I can, th- that I think people can really work on is their writing, um, the writing or their presentation skills. And here's why it, it is. Every time I come up with a new idea or a thought, if I try to make a video out of it, if I try to maybe yes. make a new 20 minute talk, it's, it's hours and weeks of me fiddling around with it until I'm like, Oh, here's the clear message. This part of it, no, this wasn't right. And it leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to this, and I throw that away. Like, do you know how many hundreds of PowerPoints I've made that have never seen the light of day? Hundreds. Yeah, I, I, lo- you know, I love this point. Like, here, uh, here's why I love this, right? I, so it's fun. I, I just shot an hour-long video on cardio, right? I mean, it's basically why you should build your aerobic capacity, yada, yada. But it took – so I drew stuff out on four different whiteboards, it took me hours to do because I like drawing and shit. But so, you know, that, that's a little bit of a relaxing. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah. took me also hours of like going through information that I went through before and kind of like, okay, how do I organize this in a way that's understandable? You know, there's a science behind it, but it's not too like, I don't know what the hell you're saying, you know, practical advice. Mm-hmm. Altogether, I, I was just sharing with one of our coaches. I said, look, it took me probably about seven, eight hours to then shoot this one hour video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to send it to my guy. He's going to B-roll it and edit. But like, the thing is, I became way better at understanding the information, yes. presenting the information, communi- communicating it, um, you know, being able better to explain it when somebody goes, well, Luca, but in my situation, what would you do? You know, right? Like, mm-hmm. And, and th- that's why I'm so happy that you brought that point up because uh, I, I can imagine, man, you put out so much amazing, I mean, just amazing content. And I, I always wonder, right? Like, I know that like a lot of it is not like, a one hitter like just a one hitter like oh, oh, you just sat <laughs> down wrote it and then Dude, dropped none it. Of it i know that didn't happen <laughs> none um, of it like this <laughs> this video i told you just i just dropped uh i came up with this idea like two weeks ago and i was like that i was like all right i'll, I'll just like you know and i probably thought about it when i was walking with a kid or something or whatever or i was playing or whatever and i was like okay like i'll just do this in, a, in an hour real quick i'll get this five minute video out i worked on it for a week and a half straight this is all i didn't do anything else basically for the last week and a half and the video ended up being the bigger video was like two hours because i kept going back and i just kept going back 
I'm like, no, like this is, this isn't the bigger point. This isn't the bigger point. Like that's a sub point actually. What, what's the bigger thing? And so I take that two hour video and I distill it all the way down and there's a five minute video of it. Right. And so it's like, okay, this is the central message. Uh, and in a way that has the full context. So it's still nuanced, has context. Anyone could watch it and understand it. But also uh, the people that are really up on their joint can, can really still be like, oh, I see what he did there. And to be able to put visuals behind it, all that stuff. And I know damn well that the two hour video, like 600 people will watch. And I don't give two shits. If, <laughs> like, it, I don't care at all if, if nobody watches that. People always do that too. They're like, man, why do you do these videos? Like if, if you did this, you get title, or if you did fat loss, or if you did this, you get so much more views and you get more likes on YouTube. And I'm like, you guys are totally missing the point. That is the last thing I'm worried about. I got a job. I don't need any of that. Like, I don't care how many YouTube video folks, like people, all this stuff is, is mostly an exercise of my thinking and trying to be real clear and understand these big concepts and, and trying to think through stuff that I'm going to use. And then I'm like, once I get to a point where I'm like, I think this is pretty solid. And I'm like, I put it up on there and then if it helps somebody else, great. I don't, I don't care, but I mean, geez, there's, there's pretty easy recipes to get followings online. And if that's what I wanted, man, that's, I wouldn't be putting out two hour videos on, on, you know, interpreting different types of, like, this is like the least possible thing you can do to get a followership. But, but the people that watch them, man, they're just like, what? They're, they're so stoked on them. So, um, yeah. But, but the point of all that stuff, I guess, is come back to your question of, this is why I think writing is so important. Um, don't tweet. Don't like. Don't do those things because no one cares about your opinion. But but do it for your own self and just get it down there and think your thoughts. Um, me personally, I'm terrible at aesthetics, but making visuals is very helpful. So like on to me, that's a, a PowerPoint thing, and I'm trying to diagram the concept right because it should be able to put it visually. And then like I said, most of those things quote unquote die on my computer, but that's totally fine because I see things a lot differently. And now I'm able to express and see the connections between thing to items to items because I spent all that time just dinking around on my computer trying to trying to see this whole thing and how, like how does this connect? How does this fit to that? Why does this why is this going here? Uh, and then when somebody asks you a question, you can make you're like, wow, I never thought about that before. And you sound really smart and your communication sounds really sharp because you've actually already spent all the time getting the fat cut off. And so you can get right to it and people are like, damn, this is a really good communicator. And, and practically, how would you, um, I definitely have some thoughts on this because th these are great points. I mean, I, it's, it's something that I, I'm so glad that I did, you know, started presenting early mm -hmm. when nobody knew me, right? Because it's like, that's, that's a tough one, right? It's like, yep. hey, uh, I'm going to just do a seminar here at the gym, you know, for our clients and some, you know. That's how we started. Yeah. It, it, and, and you yeah. have to, because, but it, but it was for that. It was like, if I'm going to spend a lot of time making this great presentation, presenting to people, I'm going to get better at communicating this. Um, and at the, you know, at the beginning, there's 20 people or 15 or 12 or, you know, and then it's a little more and a little more, but the really, it was all about how do I keep getting better at presenting and kind of organizing this information in a, in a thoughtful way that is easier to communicate with people. And, but what, what do you think? I mean, that, that's definitely one of the, uh, I would say things that I would highly uh, suggest to coaches to do. Like, do you have, some advice on that side of things. Like how does somebody start? Cause that's the, you know, that's the toughest thing. Somebody might be um, in your class, but then doing some coaching and going like, well, Andy, how, like, what do I do? Right. I, I mean, I'm, I can't do a two hour presentation. Yeah. So, okay. That's really good. So here's what I would, I'd say number one is 
uh, whether you're a whiteboard, like I, my whole garage is a training center. So I just, it's just all weights and I train there and I painted one of the walls with that chalkboard paint. Yep. So it's dope, right? I could just, I get out there and just go nuts on it. So I'll do that sometimes. I'll pull out the whiteboard. I'll use PowerPoint, right? So number one, just try to create these graphics uh, and, or, or try to create these maps or things, whatever you can on your own. It doesn't matter if you end up using them or not. Uh, but number two, yeah, like I said, try, try to present at any of these, even if it's your own in-house stuff, whatever things you can do. Um, go back to your high school. Ask, hey, like, you know, can I, Great. if you want a guest speaker at the, for your health class. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll come in and do that. Like, do you want me to come in career day? Like, pop up any of these things uh, to get some exposure out there. And I, I can tell you right now, one example, when I, when I started making videos for my YouTube page, I would realize I would shoot them, whatever. And then I remember when I was watching people's content, I'm like, man, I'm always, I hate it when someone says like, here's my three tips to getting stronger legs. And then the first minute, they're, how are they not into tip one yet? Like, what the fuck are you doing for the first minute? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, can you always pull through, right? And so then I started going, damn. And I watched my videos and what did I do for the first minute or two? Like you're babbling. Mm. you're babbling right and so then i was like you know what mm, that's not very good for me i need to get right into the person clicking on us doing the same thing i do when i click on other people's videos so then i always try to make sure when i first start because you want to set up context and all that stuff but it's already in a title it's already there people click on it because they want to know boy how do i do this so get right into it so when, when you're doing your own stuff and when you're practicing and you don't know how to get started just think about when you're watching other people's content what are the things that you don't like what are the things you like? What are the things you're like, man, this guy's really interesting. I, I feel like I can listen to him for days. Why? What is it about her approach? What is it about her videos that, that you really like? Is it the content really? Or is it something else? And if it's the content, why is it the content? And then what is it when the ones that you click past or you don't want to click on? And just start thinking about that stuff. And again, that doesn't require you to actually present anything, but you can start seeing these central tenets of people who are making helpful content or people who aren't. Uh, and then you can start practicing on your own the best you can. If you're in school, it's easy because you're guaranteed you're still doing class presentations, uh, all that other stuff. If you're working with people, then you get to practice it every day. Right? Like you get to practice some different form of communication mm -hmm. uh, all the time. And then offer to do um, journal clubs. Like, so say you're a personal trainer at 24 hours or something. To so say, like, hey, maybe guys, like on Fridays at noon, what if, like, we start once a month or whatever, we'll do 20 minute presentations. Everyone brings someone something and just boom. So if you can get something like that started. Uh, so there's a lot of ways that, that you could, those would be the ways that I'd recommend. Um, very, very, very good points. And I'm glad that you said like, there are so many ways. It's not like, you're not going to get stuck with people. You're not going to get 30 no's. Like most people are looking for people to speak because it's like the most yeah. terrifying thing for people to do. Right. But yeah. And so whether it's going back to your high school or, or I mean, shit, like lunch and learns, wherever. I mean, there's so Man, many. I've done these before too. Like, and you just made me think about this, but um, I've done things at like a cafe where like the cafe owner has been like, hey, would you come in on like a you know, Thursday or whatever and talk to this, my, like my staff? Like we just have some like nutrition questions or whatever. Like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So I, I guarantee you, if, if you go around to little places like that, go to your mom's. Like, hey, mom, like would your office be interested in me popping in one day and, and just talking about strength training or whatever and answering any of their, their workout questions. People jump over like, hell yeah, we, of course we would. 
you're gonna come and do that free yeah yeah sure like i'll charge everything you're 22 like you're worth it they're like yeah come on like you're using this as a way to go okay these people who half-ass care about it some maybe even don't i gotta keep them interested and on point and have them learn something in 15 minutes okay boom and you gotta really think about that delivery how are you gonna get to your points how are you gonna get the big stuff like how are you gonna set up the story all that stuff so i mean i guarantee if you go around to your neighbors and, and your roommates like you know pop into their work see if they want something set up a a q a thing afterwards there's just so many ways you could go about it um, that don't come off like chachi and like you're trying to take money but just just things like that and you can tell them straight up they're like why are you doing this for free it's like man I'm, I'm young i'm just trying to get my name out there more i'm just trying to hustle however i can if i can give you some value what i not like all right let's do it let's go perfect and i'd, I'd hedge my bets if you ask 10 people you're going to get at least two speaking engagements this is from my experience yeah um that in in you know every year what's the stat i think like over 80 percent of people every year want to lose weight so pretty much you know if you're in, if you're in a room eight to mm -hmm. nine out of ten of those people within that year are going to want to lose weight so that means that just about anywhere you go majority of people want to know about things like losing weight getting leaner you know it's 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 like i said ask 10 people you're going to get at least one two or three yeses yeah. And if not, hit me up. But, but I, I know for a fact that if you do it 10 times, you'll be like, oh, thanks. Thanks for pushing me to do it. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like if you, if, if they pause at the speaking thing, just go for a written. Say, okay, like what if I just write you up like my top 10 tips for this? Because uh, people love lists. They love like, oh, I can get right to the thing. Like I, if he's boring me, I don't have to sit around. I can skip right to it. And so you can start there and work your way back. And then when they see that 10, they might be like, damn, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Like we'd love you to come in. You know, something like that. And again, that, those 10 would force you to think. And what I would encourage you to do is don't just do it like you're doing a class assignment, right? You're just like, okay, think of the 10 most basically cliche things I could do. Like, no, think about it. Like, what are, what are, what are the things that I think would be actually really helpful for people that they, that they haven't heard or they overthink? And, and not overheard and not haven't thought of to just like shock and awe, not, not to be like, oh, you should do one-handed planks. Like, what? Like, no, give them real stuff, but maybe position it differently. Maybe, maybe set it up differently. Maybe say it differently where they're like, oh, I, I never really thought about it. And think about it from their perspective. Like, what would people actually do? What would, you know, hey, don't worry about this. Actually, this is maybe not so big a deal. You know, try here and, and maybe keep it to five, whatever it happens to be. But, but you'll put a little carrot in somebody and they'll go, hmm. And you do that to 100 people. Maybe one of them calls up and goes, hey, Luca, man, I, like, did you personally train people on the side? I would love to. And then there you go. Like, all you've done is just moved yourself forward. Man, great, great points and great advice. And it leads into, I mean, because we just said, like, a lot of, uh, hey, maybe speaking on nutrition. Um, I, I definitely didn't want to not oh, yeah. touch on your 90, on your I mean, 90 that, for nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember all of them. I probably have to pull it up. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'll give you the gist of it. So, uh it, it depends, like nutrition is very goal specific, but I, I give people what I call the third grade diet, which is funny. Is like, if you ask a third grader what to eat, it's probably pretty close. Like once you get past it, like pizza for breakfast, ice cream, like, yeah, <laughs> right. And so it's usually a combination of this. So number one, uh, manage your calories. Okay. Does it, did I just say count your calories? No, I didn't say that. If you want to count your calories, cool. If you don't want to, fine. I, I'm, I'm fully confident you could be 100% healthy, reach all your fitness goals without ever counting a calorie the rest of your life or ever. No problem, right? But just manage them. If you want to lose weight, you need to be about 10% lower from wherever you're at. 
You want to gain weight, gain muscle, you'd be about 10% higher, plus or minus. What's that mean? A bite or two per meal. That's it. That's all you really got to do. Unless you got some real crap coming in. Like, you know, you're eating Doritos all day. Okay, stop that. And then that's, that's all I got to do. But if you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not at the top, but I'm, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty conscious of what I eat. Okay, cool. Just, just one or two bites less per meal and give it a month. See what happens. So manage your calories. Um, and the metrics I use are, are you recovering like you want? Are you having sustained energy throughout you want? And then is your body composition the way you want it to be? And then we'll tweak food amounts based on that. But that's number one, calorie balance. Number two, uh, food quality. Just try to eat as much whole real fresh food as you can. I don't make it any more. I don't give a number. That's it. As much as you can. Some days are better than others. Some weeks are better than others. Fine. I get it. Kids, just as much as you can. As often as you can, a real whole fresh food. Try to have a mixed macronutrient balance within reason on most of your meals. Right? So don't wake up and eat uh, bread with banana and bagel for breakfast. You can have all those foods, but just make sure you have a little bit of fat, a little bit of protein, um, and a little bit of carbohydrates at most of your meals, right? Uh, okay, there's some different times and stuff. Yeah, great. Just most of the time, somewhat of a balance. Uh, and hedge towards protein. So protein pretty much every time you eat, for the most part. Um, let's next one down. Try to get a variety of colors. So greens, of course, are important, but so are reds, blues, purples, orange all that stuff, get a lot of different colors of your foods and vary your preparation method. So you wanna steam your food, great. You wanna cook it on a pan. You wanna smoke it like I did yesterday with this tri-tip all day, whoo, boy. <laughs> um, you wanna microwave it, cool. Yeah, no, they're not all the same. There's pros and cons to everywhere. Eat some stuff raw, eat some stuff blended, juice some stuff. Just have a lot of variety, um, be consistent. So it's hard to change habits when there is no established habit. So uh, one of the number one problems we have when people is like, what do you eat? And you're like, ah, it's just, and it's like sometimes you eat 6,000 calories in six meals today. And then tomorrow you had two meals and a thousand. It's very difficult for us to make a, a real change because nobody ever has any idea what's going on. So those are the big, the 90 percenters. And really, uh, you know, for the individual person, we can get more detail, but of all, why I call it the 90 percenters, of all the people I've ever worked with, 90% of them are doing 90% of those exact same things. So that's really as complicated as it gets. See, I, the thing is, I feel like, I mean, because those are such great points and somebody's listening and, and here, here's, here's what, actually, here's a question for you, right? But like, think about the, the higher level athletes or the highest level athletes that you work with. Would you say that like the, the people that are, or the athletes that are the leanest and have the best body composition and recovery and everything, no, probably within that 90 and 90 that too. They're all on the 90%, right? The people that are like the, the fittest and boy, you could, I could show you pictures because especially the, the MMA fighters that I work with, I mean, they get just ridiculously low in terms of body composition and they're rarely doing much different from what I just said. Yeah. Yep. And man, and I'm, I'm glad you're, you're bringing this up because that's what it's, it's the thing is it's so unsexy that you want to seek something else. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, like consistency, like, can you do that? And can you move the, the way I like always, I like, I like to draw shit out, right? Cause it makes sense to people. And I'm like, okay, look that 90, 90% of the time doing 90, 90, those 90% mm -hmm. here's the deal, right? Like maybe they're only doing 20% of 
30% of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's your point A. And they're like, okay, cool. Look, here's the 90-90. Like, let's move the dial towards yes. that, right? And if you move the dial, like, you're going to start looking better, feeling better. You're not going to be there next week. It might take you a year <laughs> or mm-hmm. six months or whatever. But it, the, the, I, I think that so many times, and obviously, like I said, social media doesn't help a lot of times. And, you know, because it's like you're doing the right stuff. And then somebody goes like, yeah, but if you could be in ketosis right now, you're oh, just yeah. melting the fat off or wh- whatever else, you know, whatever, <laughs> insert, insert the, the crazy shit that somebody says, right? Mm-hmm. And then the person goes from that consistency to veering off. And maybe, you know, they drop some weight fast because they're obviously under eating like crazy. And then they stall. And then, but then the thing is now you go like two steps back and now you're confused, right? That's the big, bigger issue with it too. Cause now you're confused. Like what happened? We we're doing this it's slow. And then I mm-hmm. did that and went fast, but then I stopped and right. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, you're kind of finding yourself lost in this maze of advice, uh, trying to figure out what the hell is, you know, is the right thing and what's the wrong thing. But, but really, I, I feel like the, the more, uh, I don't, say, I don't say technical, but there's, there's a big skill set in helping people actually establish those habits. Yes. Right? The things we talked about, they're simple, but it's like, okay, cool. How do we get, you know, uh, each individual to do that? Cause it is different. Cause you got to once again, do the detective work. Yeah, man. Like I approach the diet, honestly. Uh, it's a little bit twisted. One of the analogies I said earlier, but I, I use what I call the, the cook, chef and baker. So when it comes to nutrition specifically, so the difference between cooking and baking, most people are like, uh, yeah, that's the same thing, right? It's not. So baking is chemistry, right? You can't just go in there and be like, oh, what do I got in the fridge? Uh, put this together with some baking powder and put it in the oven, see if it pops. Like, nope. But you can do that shit cooking, right? Turn on the stove, put on oil. What do you got in the fridge? Throw it in the pan, put hot sauce, put cheese on it, put salt, you're probably good to go, right? <laughs> no problem. And so <clears throat> one of the first things I'm trying to figure out is, is nutritionally, is this person a, chef, a cook or a baker? Meaning, do you want me to come up and just say, hey, here's our 90% uh, and just check in every day and let's see if you can get, uh, there's actually nine things in my 90%. I left out a couple of them. But let's see if you can get, you know, uh, of the nine, can you get uh, seven or more today? Done. That's all, that's all I'm asking. Boom, that's it. And at the end of the week, we'll see seven times seven would be 49. So the goal at the end of the week is to get 50 points. Cool. All right, great. That means you did seven of the nine, seven days a week. All right, whatever. You want it even simpler than that? Fine. Just here's a list. Try to hit it when you can. And let's see where you're at at the end of the week. Or do you want to be a baker and you want me to write out specific amounts and calories, etc.? What do you want me to do? It's funny because people fall into both sides of this camp. And some of the people who want that, who are the bakers, like they want precise detail. They want exact examples. They want uh, recipes. Okay, fantastic. If you don't give them that level of detail, they get anxiety because they don't like the choice. Uh, they're like, oh my God, like, I don't, I don't know. Is it 15 almonds? Is it 20 almonds? Like, oh God, is that how many calories? Shit. And so if you give them exactly what to do, it's super easy and it's, it's freeing to them. Other people, that level of restriction is very, um, well, it's restrictive to them. They feel claustrophobic. And so you got to go the opposite, which is just like, all right, just try to eat like, you know, a gram protein per pound body weight. I just hit these bubble, but real rough, maybe even simpler than that, right? Just have a protein every time you eat. Half your plate of it is vegetables and, uh, you know, minimize liquid calories. Boom, done. That's it, right? So all you're really trying to do is figure out that detect 
work is how is this person want to receive this information? And we're all bakers and cooks in different aspects of our lives, right? So I, with training, I'm definitely a baker. Like I love that level of detail. It's because what I, what I do. When it comes to my taxes, though, bro, like I don't give a shit what he does. I'm like, just just give me the tax number. Like, give tell me how much money I got coming back. Yeah, it's like, listen, when it comes to taxes, it's the microwave, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care, right? It's just not something I'm interested in. I'm not. I don't really care how my car works. I just want the mechanic to fix it and tell me when to change the oil. Like, that's just I don't really care, right? So a lot of people are like that with their food and training too. They're like, bro, this is all I'm paying you. I'll do the work, but like, I just I don't don't care like make this as simple as you possibly can how much how would you say that like uh in your world what have you seen as far as the percentage of you know how much how many people veer towards the baker versus the cook here's what i found when you have a very specific goal that's within eight weeks people can be a baker for a while they can do that Mm -hmm. but you can't sustain baking yeah it tends to be very difficult and so what i actually think is i think people should do both if you've never baked like this before then you should because you become very aware of what you're actually eating and you learn a lot. So do it for just 30 days, maybe, if you're not the person. It's like try, try to follow, get a specific plan, whatever. Try to follow it for 30 days and then come off of it for three months. Whatever happens to be, right? Come back. Um, I mean, I know I spent lots of time myself being a baker and now certainly I'm much more cook because I have such a higher level of understanding of, of what's in everything, right? I could probably tell you the macros and calories and just about all the foods I eat just eyeballing, right? Because I did, I baked for so long. I specifically, you know, weighed and measured and all that stuff for a long time. So typically people do better, more sustained um, at, at, with the cook approach. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I would say 80, 20. Well, here, here's what happens too a lot of times. Like people will come and go, I want everything super precise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, of course you give that to them knowing that there's a possibility that that won't work well for them. But you get, but you let yeah. them kind of, you know, fail and learn from that um, and then go like, oh, shit, because, you know, they can fall in the trap of like, oh, man, like, why well, didn't stick to it? So now I'm not on it. Now I'm off it now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the but- downside is with the baker, the, the highest association issue with the baker is is what I call the fallacy of perfect or bust. So cooks don't have that problem. But when you're baking, when you're not perfect, you tend to go completely off the rails. Mm. Uh, when people are just kind of going by concept, they're they're more likely to be like, oh, that was Fuck, I drank 12 beers last night and had six burgers. All right, I'm back on it today. Yeah. Bakers tend to yeah. fall off the rails and just not come back. Yeah. And that's it. But, I, but I, that's a great point. And once again, like there's, there is no magic thing that you can say that like, no, you should do with this with the baker. No, like yeah. there, there's times I think that like that, you know, what I try to get people to do is when we do that is go, hey, listen, this is an experiment and this is a learning tool. And I don't care if you're not exactly here or here, like, we're just going to, we're going to learn from this, right? You're going to learn from this, like doing it. So it becomes just a, a teaching tool more than anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, you might, have, I remember having this conversation with you about uh, you know, somebody else before. And it's like, you do have to walk that fine line of going, oh, yeah, well, that was a terrible week last week. All right. Well, whatever, you know, and yeah. also being like, that was a terrible week. Get your shit together. Like pull your head out of your ass. We got to fucking go here. And so you do have to, you got to be real clever about when you pull those because you don't just want to give everyone a free pass, right? Because sometimes people do respond when you, when you light them up a little bit. You're like, hey, you're not being accountable right now. Like you got to get it. But, and I don't know when to do that. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody ever does, but uh, the more time you spend with the person, you'll probably get a free. I mean, there's for real, there's 
several of the athletes I worked with that um, I, I would not hesitate to have those like like real, real, a bunch of four-letter word conversations and when real short. But there's other ones where I'm, I'm like really careful to pretty much never do that list. So it, it does depend on them. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I just think you really got to learn about the person and continue to learn about the person because I'm, I'm the person that like, you know, if you're like, yo, Luca, you're fucking letting us down right now. Like we got to, yo, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it might've been. And I'd be like, shit, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would work with me, right? Or, or you want to challenge me or something like that. I, I can tell you that probably seven to eight out of 10 people that, that we see, that would not be a good idea. Yeah. Um, you know, because they do that to themselves enough and, and it just wouldn't work out. And that's, and that's why you have to, once again, like I, that's why I'm so intrigued and, and so curious about this rabbit hole of all of it, you know, I mean, from mm -hmm. the training to the nutrition, to the communication, to understanding why, you know, we do the things that we do um, and habits and psychology. I mean, it, it, it just. Yeah. I mean, this is why, like, like probably you, this is one of the reasons why I love training and working with people so much. There, hello. Looks like I lost you there somehow. Hey, Andy, can you can you hear me? Yeah, we got you back now. Yeah, I, I switched it up sometimes. Uh, it's actually it was really good that it didn't do any of that for the whole time that we've been on it. But <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it'll 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 uh, do the Wi-Fi craziness. But oh, sorry. Um, yeah. It was. Uh, I was gonna say that. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought, damn it. Uh, oh, well, what I was going to say anyways is the fact that, that that's one of the reasons why I love coaching and work with people so much. <laughs> you, don't, you don't always know, man. And like sometimes it's fun to try to figure those things out. And no, it, it, is, it is. And it's like that's why I'm so end, end, like just endlessly curious about it. Um, yeah. and I actually like the feeling of, you know, getting to a place where I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I feel like I don't know shit. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> like, I thought I knew stuff, but I don't know shit. Like I gotta go back to the drop, you know. But but yeah. I, I do. I it's, it it drives me. Yeah, it's it's real fun, man. Like sometimes when you're just like, oh, this is not working. Oh god, you know, like sometimes that's fun to get to. No, <laughs> you you got to make real big decisions, you know. Like, oof, I hope this works. You know. Man, this has been uh, like you know, I you're one of the people definitely like if we could talk for another six hours and we could dive we could deep, deeper and deeper, but. The dot, dot, dot means that we can leave for another episode. Yeah. Um, and the next one will be live because you'll be out here and we'll be training and, and munching on a lot of delicious food and, and doing this live. So <laughs> I can't wait, man. So, but man, I, thank you so much, man, for, for jumping on. I definitely want to, so, you know, for anybody that's listening, like Andy's put out so much and continues to put out so much amazing content that if you're not, if you're not studying it and not watching the YouTube videos, and follow him like you're out of your mind, especially if you're in this field. Um, but is there anywhere else that you'd like to lead people to stuff that, you know, that you f feel would be valuable where they can follow you? Uh, yeah, uh, what I'll say, I'll put it on their side. So however they like to get their stuff, I'll, I'll tell you what I got. And if that fits your boat, cool. So the, the YouTube page basically is, if you want to take a class from me, there it is. So I try to put as much of my university classes up on my YouTube for free. And it is not SEO optimized and it is, <laughs> it is, it is none of those things. If you're just like, man, I wish I had a two hour class on what's the physiology of endurance. I got you covered. 
Um, so that's all up there. So if you're one of those folks, maybe uh, probably not, you know, just like an exercise person, but maybe if you're like a coach, practitioner, want to learn more about this side, that's all up there uh, in five, 25 and 55 minute versions, kind of depending. Uh, if, if you want more direct links, Twitter is the easiest way for me to, to put stuff up. So um, I tend to share like, hey, study came out showing this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then here's the study. That's the easiest place to get to it. And then Instagram is, you know, it's Instagram. So that's all there as well. And if you just Google search Andy Galpin on all those platforms, it'll it'll pop up. So it kind of depends on what you're looking for for, for those follows. Um, if you want, you can check out my podcast called The Body of Knowledge. It's seasonal, so we've, we've done uh, just about like, I think less than 20 episodes in four years. So we, we do real short, we, we, uh, we do little seasons about different things and then we get out of there. So we, we spend a lot of time, they're highly produced and we release this stuff a lot. So now you can check any of that stuff out if you wanna hear some stuff. And I think season one had that episode where I talked about the swing and the pendulum and stuff in, in the field. So um, yeah, that's all up there if you wanna peruse about all kinds of different stuff up there. So. Fantastic. And I, I, I want to make sure that also, I, I know you didn't plug it, but I definitely, the book that you did with Brian McKenzie oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was phenomenal. It's called Unplugged, uh, Evolve from Technology to Upgrade Your Fitness, Performance, and Consciousness. And, and is, it's not just a great read. It really is. I, I guarantee you'll get a ton of benefit from it. I don't care who you are, whether it's a coach or a person that is a fitness enthusiast and just wants to improve their life. Let's just put it that way. Um, definitely get that. You can get that on Amazon anywhere else. I want to make sure that, you know, you didn't forget that one. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah, I got that up there too, man. But whatever, you know, honestly, here, here, I'll make it better for you. I think I did, I might be lying here, but I think I did a video on my YouTube about the book. And I think I summarized the whole book in like a five minute video. So, so <laughs> you, I don't even care. If you, you my friend, are the greatest. That was, <laughs> Leo, that was the best sales pitch I've ever fucking heard in my life. Uh, listen, you can read the book, but. You don't have to read a book because I just wrapped that shit in five minutes um, into the video. It's, you know, it is like, I'm with you on this one where if you think you're going to get the same thing out of a five minute video that you did read in a book, then, you know, let's stick to the five minute video. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> you got the option. You got the option, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a whole different world, but whatever. That's how people are. So that, honestly, the reason I did it is not to keep dragging this on, but I don't really care about things like that. You know, like book sales, that's not, it's not my livelihood, so I don't really care. Um, but I'm like, man, I don't want that to be a burden. People are going through some tough stuff right now. And if you ain't got 18 bucks to hop on a book, I'm like, I don't care. Here, here it is for free. The gist of it. Um, and, and if that helps someone, it'll, it'll come back. So I don't care. Absolutely. I'm with you on that 100% same philosophy. Man, appreciate you so much for, for taking the time. This was great. Uh, definitely a ton of insights. Hey, I got to ask you something before we roll here. Please, please do. I've been saving this. I've been saving this for several years now. So I know your boy, Jay Ferrugia. I know you guys are boys. And that motherfucker did me dirty. One of the dirtiest things I've ever had happen to me in my life. I'm but waiting. We, for the, okay, okay. Wait, no, I'm waiting for the dot, dot, dot right so now. So you, next time you see him, like you got to hit him in the stomach, kick him in the shin. I went up and did that dude's podcast. And he gave me the worst... The, the worst things ever happened to me in my professional life. The very first thing, hot, right off the gates, as we start the podcast, he asked me, give me your top five MCs. Oh, he did you dirty like he that. He did that to me. And I, 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 
I was like, bro, I started sweating. I'm like, you can't do this. <laughs> like, but you can ask me any question in the world. I don't care. But you cannot ask me that right out the gates unless you want an hour and a half on this right now. Because that's, I need an hour and a half to explain to you my top five MCs. I got to put in categories. Got to explain to you why. So he did that. And I've never, I was shook. It shook. I never, shook. For, never forgave the, never forgave him. No, never, never, I, I, never. I wanted to, if I had, you know, I, I, I wish that I had like a DJ table. I got to start doing this for the podcast, by the way, <laughs> when people drop stuff so I can drop songs. So when you <laughs> drop that, I would have just put, I would have just dropped shook ones right now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I would have dropped that and it would have been relevant. Um, and tell I mean, that man, there is hip hop West of New York. I don't know if he knows that. That there's what? That there's hip hop West of New York. I don't know if he knows that. They yeah, make songs west of New York. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a big buy-in there um, <laughs> uh, for him. And uh, I, I, I know. I mean, look, it's hard for me. Like for me, was you know what was great? Cause I, I moved to New York State. For I mean, first of all, I was a very East Coast hip hop guy. Still would say that's my favorite. And um, but so when I moved to the U.S., I was in upstate New York. So it was like you know, I was that even more embedded into the New York mm -hmm. hip hop scene. Mm -hmm. But then I, then I went to school for two years down south, and that opened up a whole new – because at the beginning, I was like, eh. But then, you know, it grew on me, and, and, and that was also the rise of Southern hip-hop, you know. Yep. I mean, Ludacris' first album, you know I mean? I was like, yo, this shit's fire, you know. It was it – was, and so I really got into it. So I've, I've been fortunate to, you know, live, you know, on, on, in, in New York State and then in, you know, Virginia and Tennessee and then, then moved west coast. Yeah, I have an appreciation for for all of it for sure. Um, but if you put a gun to my head, I'm going New York. That's you know. <laughs> that's, I'm that's, okay. I'm okay with that, man. I would say, if you took a percentages, I'd probably say the higher percentage of the music I listen to comes from the east side rather than the west side anymore. Well, certainly anymore. Certainly last since the 2000s. Probably no question. Any of the newer music coming from there, but you know. West Coast did some dirty stuff too. Now, don't forget us. That's oh, no, all I'm absolutely. saying. Listen, you know. That's all I'm I, saying. I had, you know, I lived in Slovenia, and my friends were tatting Thug Life on their on their on their belly. True story. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I had a. I, I think I mentioned this before, but you know, I was a pretty I was a pretty rugged kid. I, I had a I had a crazy. I mean, as a teen, I did a lot of stupid stuff and crime and whatnot. And you know, but I was super into hip hop. And I remember one uh, one year for for a party, I shaved my head. And, um, but I had the Wu-Tang sign in the back of my head from here. <laughs> that was real. That was real, by the way. So that's, that's how hardcore we went. You know what I mean? Um, and I was a huge, like, I, I shed tears when Tupac passed away. I yeah, mean, like, yeah. you know, it was, it was you know, I, I put it this way. I don't, I don't have, I love, I just love hip hop. You know, I love music. Yeah. I love hip hop. And I don't discriminate between where it's from. It's like, if it makes me, if I love the lyrics or if, if the beat makes me, you know, man, I, like, for instance, when when clips came out you know i mean that to me was like you know a whole new like holy shit um that's when i got into south music a ton as well so mm -hmm. glad you brought this this up because this, this obviously we're gonna have to i won't do dirty like that so the next time when i ask you that question give the whole time. podcast will be about hip-hop it won't Just you know give we, me time yeah we won't we won't and we can you know you can have you can have resources you'll have your laptop I have my laptop and journals and you know, we can hey, do it the right way. You know what I've been wanting to do for two years since that happened to me? Is I want to get together with you guys <clears throat> and just bring up, go like a, you go, I go. You know, like play me a record that I've never heard before that would blow me away. Like play, 
give, give me, and then we just go and go and go and go. And so I can, okay, great. Okay, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a note, by the way, um, that this is happening. So, you know, once all this craziness is over and we can, uh, we can travel and put it this way, I'm coming out to, to Cali. And we're going to set this up. Yeah. First, we can Sparta kick uh, Jay in the chest for doing that to you. Um, <laughs> and from there. He had this post. Down. He had this dope post like a week ago or something. It was like, uh, I'm bored on a Friday or something. And it was like, hey, what are your top five? hip-hop groups of all time i was like man this is and i just i was going through it and i'm like all right he put it yeah all right it, it's just man we don't i don't interact with people who, enough very often that i feel like are really really hip-hop people so i'm always like i'm always get super jazzed when i meet people that i'm like oh no it was, it was funny man when I, when I was there i was at his, his studio too uh, and um or his apartment and and like i walk into his room where we in the studio at and i was like oh oh no like you're a real hip hop guy. And you can just tell immediately. I'm like, Oh no. Okay. Like, and then you start saying a little bit and I'm like, Oh shit. No, this brother, like two minutes in, he dropped EPMD. Okay. Yep. He's a real hip. And I'm it's, like, Oh, it's, it's okay. serious. It's yeah. serious. Like we, we will, we will like, we are very liable to like eat an edible and talk about hip hop for, you know, four to five hours <laughs> with no problem. And that, uh, and that, I don't know if you saw that painting. So he's got a, uh, on a wooden block, there's a most deaf. Yeah painting so I, I got him that as a gift because one of my oh. friends here in seattle he does like he, he did the mural in our gym and he does spray graffiti and he does those and that one was so filthy to me and i was like yo i gotta get this for jay so nice um, that's what that is nice man no i, I did see it I, I told you like i saw the stuff on the walls and i was like wait a minute so, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna i'm gonna find out where your birthday is you know what i mean so we can <laughs> just happened, man you just missed it a couple days ago oh my god okay listen it's still time see i'm the thing is <laughs> That, you know, for a month afterwards, it's still it's still reliable to get a gift. Longer than <laughs> being like funky, but like, I think we'll be good. No, I haven't gotten my wife a gift for her birthday, for our anniversary, for Christmas, for New Year's, for, for Valentine's. I haven't gotten her one of those in probably five years. So I'm like, if I get you something next month, it's good for the last five years, right? <laughs> if you see now, you're consistent. I love it. Yeah, she knows. She understands. I love it. My All right, man. This was fantastic. I appreciate you. We're definitely doing this again. For all the listeners, as you always, you know, hey, we, we love the shares. We love the, the comments. Any feedback is always great. Um, and we will see you in the next episode. Actually, you're going to hear us in the next episode of Big Life Podcast. Peace out.